All right. Well, if you want to turn to John 3, that's where we're going to start. And I'll just review here. We're continuing on in this series on the basics and doing it kind of in a question and answer style and compared that to a first aid kit. First aid kit isn't an ambulance, it's not exhaustive, but it's something and it's helpful when you need it to have a few things and it covers 95% of your medical needs really. Just little scrapes and cuts and tweezers and ice packs and gauze can take care of most of it. And even when it can't and you're on your way to the hospital, maybe you need some stitches, some gauze still helps. And so that's what I'm comparing this series to, This these question and answers. It's not exhaustive. It's not everything you need to know, but it's good to have something prepared, good to be intentional, to have things ready in your daily life that you can draw on and use. And so... We're comparing these question and answers to this first aid kit. And it's important, you know, in terms of even just for our children. We want to teach our children, raise them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And we can give them things, you know, kind of just randomly as we go throughout our day. And we should do that and walk through our life. But also want to do it intentionally and think. And think, well, what's really important? What are the really important things I want to get to get across to them and teach them. And so we're doing question and answer, and they're all just combinations of verses or paraphrases of verses. And so last week, just to review, we actually did two questions last week. We did, who is God? Who is God? And we said, God is the creator and keeper of everything. And then the second question was, is Jesus God? And we said, yes, God is the Father and the Son, that's Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. We talked about that last week. So this week we're going to talk about a totally new topic, uh, related but new. And the question is, what is sin? What is sin? And so, again, just a reminder, trying to summarize these biblical truths in a way that's memorable, that's portable, that you can carry with you. We talked about if you have a first aid kit that weighs 100 pounds, you're not going to take it with you. And so, um, especially not if you're a small child, right? And so we're trying to teach in a way that the kids could remember it and then also use it. And so a lot of these have been very simple answers, uh, even pictures kind of included. You know, the Word of God, if you remember that, they're all comparisons, the word of God, what is God's word? It's bread because it feeds us. It's a mirror because it reveals us. It's a path because it guides us. And it's honey because it delights us. All kind of images, that way kids can, and adults can remember it. It's kind of the same style today. What is sin? It's actually going to take us a little while to get through this, so it's not going to be just one week. But I'll tell you the answer here that we're going to go over for a couple weeks here. What is sin? And there's three parts. Sin is loving the darkness more than the light. Sin is saying to God, I don't want you to reign over me. And sin is an animal crouching at the door, ready to devour you. I'll say that again. Say those three parts again. What is sin? Sin is loving the darkness more than the light. 
Sin is saying to God, I don't want you to reign over me. And sin is an animal crouching at the door ready to devour you. So today we're just going to go over the very first one. Sin is loving the darkness more than the light. And so let's look here in John chapter 3, starting in verse 16. If you want to read that, um, we'll read that together. For John 3.16 to start. John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment, or this is the condemnation, depending on your version. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So that's the first verse. Um, you can see this doesn't use the word sin. It talks about condemnation and judgment here. But it says that the condemnation is this, that the light came into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light. And we're going to look at a couple more references where the Bible compares sin to darkness and to loving the darkness. And... I just want to start by kind of maybe making you think about sin a little bit differently, maybe a little bit more broadly than you have. So let's just talk about sin first, and then we'll get into specifically how this relates to loving the darkness more than the light. So when I think of sin, and tell me if you agree with this, when, when I think of sin, I tend to think, of the wrong thing that I shouldn't be doing. Sin is the wrong thing that I shouldn't be doing. And that's true. That's, a, that's true. But it's also more than that. Um, and I want you to try and stretch our thinking and think maybe a little bit more broadly about sin. Sin is a negative word, but it's a negative word that has an element that is missing. So a positive side implied by the negative word. So an example might be for, forget. I forgot. What did you forget? There's something else there, right? It's a negative word, something you've forgotten, but that implies there's something that you sh- should have remembered. You did think of at one point, and then it's gone. And sin's the same way. It's a negative word, but there's a positive side that it's implying. And the actual word in Hebrew for sin is, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but it's with a ch. So I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna say K because I'm not gonna be able to do it. But kata is sin, and it's just a word for miss. And so in Judges 20:16 it says there were 700 chosen men who were left-handed. Everyone could sling a stone at a hair and not hata, kata, not miss, not sin. Same word. So it's like you take a stone, you sling it at, and you hit a hair. Um, you didn't sin, you didn't miss. 
And so that's the word for sin. It's you're missing something. You're missing a goal. You're failing. You miss the way. There, uh, there's verses talking about you're on your way. You miss the way. Um, you fail. And that's the word sin. It implies you've missed something. You've not hit something. And so sin is a negative word, but it implies a positive. Well, what did you miss? In that case, they missed the hair, right? But when we say sin, we're talking about this moral failure. We're talking about uh, not being not pleasing to God. And you kind of get this same feel in the New Testament uh, versus you all already know, like in Romans, where it says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see that negative side there. It's like, well, you sin. What is that? You're falling short of something. In that case, in that verse, it's saying it's the glory of God. Matthew Henry says that, that there's a lot of detail in that verse. You could preach a whole sermon just on that one verse. But what Matthew Henry says about that verse, specifically what you're falling short is, he says, come short as the anchor come, as the archer comes short of the mark, as the runner comes short of the prize, so those who sin come short. They come short of the glory of God. They come short of glorifying God. They glorified him not as God. Uh, that's from Romans one twenty one. Man was placed at the head of the visible creation, actively to glorify the, that great creator whom the inferior creatures could glorify only objectively. But man by sin comes short of this. And instead of glorifying God, he dishonors him. It is a very melancholy consideration to look upon the children of men who are made to glorify God and think how few there are who do it. So Matthew Henry there kind of gives you the feel, even in the New Testament, of sin is falling short. It's missing. Missing what he specifically is saying that that's talking about. Missing our purpose, which is to glorify God. Another verse that kind of brings this idea of sin having a positive element that has to be there for it to make sense. Um, something you're aim- You have to aim at something to miss, right? And so Romans 4.15 says, For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. So where there's no standard, this is how it ought to be, there can't be any sin. You can't miss if there's, if there's nothing that you're aiming at, that you're trying to hit. So sin's a negative word, but just think with me how it implies the positive. What's the target? You can't miss unless, unless there's a target. And so it brings up kind of this idea that we kind of have of sins of omission. You've probably heard this before. Sins of omission and sins of commission, which sins of commission would be things you actively do that you shouldn't do. And that's sin, of course. I shouldn't lie, and I do lie. And then sins of commission, which would, which would, uh, sins of omission, sorry, I might have got, I can't remember, did I say that backwards? Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can just stop me anytime. <laughs> um, here we go. Yes, omission is when you don't do the thing you should do. So you should love your kids, you don't. That's a sin of omission. Now, I want you to think about this, that since the word sin is to miss, it's never, we're never just committing sins of commission. We're always committing sins of commission and omission. Because a sin is when you miss, right? So if you're doing something you shouldn't do, it 
by definition means you're missing the thing you should be doing. You're also neglecting to do something. So I'll give you an example. You lied. Sin of commission. Well, what was the sin of omission? You omitted, you did not tell the truth. So you did something wrong, but you also fell short of what you could have done, what you could be. You hit your brother. That's sin of commission. I'm just going to say that you sin by doing the wrong thing. And what did you and what did you fail to do? You failed to love your brother. Yes. It's always both. There's never just one. Uh, in terms of every time we commit a sin, we've omitted something. All sins, we could even summarize it this way. Every sin against a person is a sin of omission. What have we omitted? Love, right? That's what Jesus said. All the law could be summed up in this. Love God and love your neighbor. And all on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. So every time we sin, we've committed a sin of omission and commission. We've done something we shouldn't do, and we failed to do what we ought to have done. And... We could get specific or we could get broad, but if we get broad, we could say, I didn't love that person, instead I sinned against them, or I didn't love God, instead I sinned against God. Um, we're always doing both when we sin. I was too sharp in my words, I failed to love. I was selfish, I failed to put others above myself. And so, we could even talk about even some like the Ten Commandments, you, Idolatry. What, what, idolatry is a sin, but it's failing to worship God. It's both. You did something you shouldn't have done, and you also failed to do what you ought to have done. Sin is... So, kind of trying to wrap up this whole big thought in a package that you know makes sense. Why am I talking about this? So, if, you, if I lost you, listen to this part, and I'm trying to bring everybody back together. Sin is doing what you should not do. That's true. But let's broaden it a little bit. Sin is doing what you should not do instead of being all that you could be. Or you could say it this way. Sin is doing what you should not do instead of being all that God made you to be. You see the difference? That when we fall short, we're missing the mark. We're failing to be the person that God made us to be. And remember what we said just as a way of reminder the first question why did God make me what is it that God made us to be to serve him to be like him and to be with him all our days and that's how we glorify God um, separated into categories there so back to sin is loving the darkness more than the light you see both you see this both sides right when you love the darkness more than the light you're committing a sin um, you're doing something you shouldn't do but you're also failing um, failing to live up to the mark, to be who God made you to be. So when you love the darkness, the thing that you're missing is to be who God made you to be, is to go, come to the light, to love the light, not to love the darkness. God didn't make you to love the darkness. And so we looked at this verse in John 3. I'll just read it one more time here. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. So let's talk about this in terms of light and darkness. This specifically says 
in this verse that when you love the darkness more than the light, you're not coming to the light so that those works can be exposed. So here's, here's my appeal to you from this verse and from this definition of sin. Okay, If you have sin, that you, do you have any sin that you haven't brought to the light? That you haven't confessed to God? Or maybe that you've confessed to God over and over and over, but you, maybe you need help. Maybe you need to talk to somebody else. Talk to a friend, a parent, a pastor. Are you doing things that you don't want people to find out about? That you're ashamed of? You're hiding them in the dark? I want to encourage you. Bring it to the light. Right? Think about both sides. Not only are you loving the darkness, okay, like I'm doing these things and I want to keep it hidden, I want to keep it in the dark, but think about what you're missing out on. You're missing out on coming to the light, getting these things exposed, really knowing God, really having people know you. You're missing out on being all that God made you to be. Serving Him, being like Him, being with Him. Let's turn to 1 John here, and it really ties in well with this if we look at 1 John 1. Same idea here, comparing sin to light, uh, sin to the darkness. First John 1. Start in verse 5 here. First John 1 5. This is the message that we have heard from him, that's Jesus, and proclaim to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So there's they're comparing their sin. Uh, God does not ever sin. Uh, there's no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So how do we walk in the light? We, we don't want to love the darkness more than the light. How do, we, how do we walk in the light? Well, the first thing is, be honest about your sin. Bring it into light. Confess it. First, with, first to God. We want to bring our sin into the light. That's the only way that we can have fellowship with God. It says right there, that if we walk in the darkness, we don't really have fellowship with Him. Well, the problem is we've all sinned. It says that right there too. Everyone has sinned. If we say we haven't sinned, we're lying. So, what do we do? That means we're, we've all loved the darkness more than the light. What's the solution? Confess our sins. Come to God. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we want to walk in the light... We don't want to love the darkness more than the light. The first step is just to admit, I've been loving the darkness. And bring it to God and confess it. And bring it out. We've got, to ha- we've got to be washed by His blood. We can come to the light. There's, there is an opportunity for all of us to walk in the light because of what Jesus did. But the first step is to come to Him and confess our sin. To bring it out. 
And you see in this passage too, a lot of these these same ideas of sin um, being missing what God made you to be. Not only doing what you shouldn't do, but missing what God made you to be as well. So things like practicing the truth. We want to practice the truth. We want to actually come to God. Um, we, On the other hand, we don't want to be self-deceived. That's what it says. On, on the, if we don't practice the truth, what we're going to be is self-deceived. We want to practice the truth. So here's my appeal to you. Are you self-deceived? Are you you got your sin? You got it. You feel like you've got it hidden. You don't. Don't deceive yourself. And and the other thing is, think about who you could be. You could be somebody who practices the truth. You could bring it into the light. Like here it is. I'm God. Here it is, Mom. Here it is, Dad. Here it is, um, friend. I need help. That's good. That's the person you want to be. That's the person you were made to be. What else? Fellowship with God. It specifically says if we're walking in the darkness, what's one thing we're missing? We're missing fellowship with God. We can't walk in the darkness and have fellowship with God. We've got to bring these things in the light to be cleansed, to be united with God. So here's my appeal to you in terms of this whole thing of defining sin this way. Don't just think about, man, I feel guilty about my sin. Think about what you're missing. You're missing fellowship with God. You're missing being a person who practices the truth, who's honest with God, with yourself, with others. Think about fellowship with one another. It specifically says that in these verses, that we have fellowship with one another if we're walking in the light. What are you missing out on if you've got sin that you're hiding that you won't you know, tell your parents, tell your friends, ask for prayer? Um, you've got it hidden. You're missing fellowship with God. You're missing being a person that practices the truth. And you're missing fellowship with people. You don't have real fellowship with the person you're hiding your sin from. And I'm not saying you have to share with everybody. But if you're stuck in sin, you need to tell somebody. You need to tell God, but you also need to tell somebody else. Ask them to pray for you. Tell your friend. Tell your parent. Tell your tell somebody you trust that's a Christian. Grandparent. If you have a grandparent that you trust. Tell somebody. Because you're missing out. You're not only is this sin weighing you down, keeping you in the dark, you're missing out on being in the light and having real fellowship. People really knowing you, praying for you. Not only that, what about forgiveness and being cleansed? Which is better? Okay, here, you've got this sin, you're in the dark. You can pretend that you don't have a sin. And maybe nobody will know right now. Or... You could come into the light, tell God, ask for help, and actually be cleansed. One's better. One's a lot better. So much better to actually have that sin washed away by the blood of Jesus, to actually have somebody praying for you, encouraging you, helping you. This is the person God made you to be, a person who is walking in the light. A person who is not perfect, but a person who can say, yeah, I've got sin, here it is. And I'm trusting Jesus with that, And but I need you to pray for me. I need help still. A person that really has fellowship with God. It's not. I'm not hiding this. I'm not doing it over and over and over. No, I, no, I shouldn't be doing it. I'm just continuing on it. It's something I don't want. 
we really have fellowship with God and then we really have fellowship with one another. We can be honest. Where somebody could say, hey, what about this? Do you ever struggle with this? And you could say, yeah, I do. And here, here's what it's like. And here's, you know, here's how you know, I'm going about trying to be like Jesus in this area. And when it's hard, this is what I do. And this is where I fail. Think about that. You can be an encouragement to someone else and, and you can just be in the light. Because of the blood of Jesus. That's better. Doesn't that sound good? I mean, if, if you're in here and you do have hidden sin, I mean, you know the weight that it has on, on your back. you gotta, you got to just give it to God. You, God didn't make you to be a person in the dark, bound down by sin, unable to share and have fellowship with Him and with others. You need to just open up to God and to others. You were made to serve God, to be like God, and to be with God. And no sin is worth trading that for. Whatever sin is in our life, whatever we've got, it's not worth trading that. The life of being in the light, practicing the truth, serving God, being like God, being with God, no sin's worth trading that for. You kind of get this feel, the same idea in Matthew 23, 25-26. He says this to the Pharisees, Jesus does. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but the inside, they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the plate, and the outside may also be clean. They kind of have this, they have the outward appearance, but they don't have the inward reality. They're walking in the dark. What a sad thing to be, you know? Presenting to everybody else the person that you aren't. <laughs> That's sad. It's like, well, what if we just came to Jesus and we're, and we're cleansed? And then we could say, yeah, on the inside I was full of dead men's bones, you know. But Jesus, he helps me and he's helping me. Pray for me in this area, in that area. Let's turn to one last passage here that kind of gives this same idea. It's in Ephesians 5. This will be the last one. But just still talking about loving the darkness more than the light. That's what sin is. Ephesians 5. We're going to read verses 5 through 11. Ephesians 5, 5 through 11. You may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try and discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. This passage here is contrasting light with darkness, and the light is walking with God, it's purity, um, and the darkness is sin. So darkness, evil, rather than what? Rather than good. Wrong, rather than right. Untrue, rather than true. 
impure rather than pure, unfruitful rather than fruitful. So here's all these things, and you see both sides. You see sin is, is being impure. What is the mark you're missing? Purity. Sin is not telling the truth. What's the mark you're missing? Truthfulness. Um, so think about these images here. Why did God, in, the, in his word, say over and over that sin was like darkness? Well, think about some of these. And this is, you know, talking with kids. It's something kids can understand. I was talking, I was teaching this to Joy. Okay, what's sin? Sin is loving the darkness more than light. And this is what Joy said. She said, I know what darkness is. The villain. <laughs> it's like in the comic books and in the movies and, and in, even in the Bible, you know, they draw the villains, you know, in the dark. And they draw their faces dark. And they draw them wearing dark clothes. It's like something wired in us is like, Dark, you're you're hiding there in the dark. You're probably the villain, and kids get it. It's really that was really surprising to me. And she's like, she's connecting these things, doing evil with darkness. Well, think about other things. You know, lies. It's talking about lying. Well, lying isn't that loving the darkness more than the light. It's like, here's the truth. Here's reality. I'm going to cover it up in the dark. I'm going to tell you a lie. I'm not going to have the truth out. I'm going to hide the truth, and I'm going to cover it up. No wonder sin is called darkness. And even, you know, Jesus in John, he's talking about, what does he describe Satan? He's the father of lies. Think about how much sin really is. Just lying is so deeply tied into sin. Um, it's, it, we could just go into that. But you can see this connection with darkness. It's like, I'm going to cover up the truth. I'm not going to tell you what I really did. I'm not going to tell you who I really am. I'm not going to um, admit. Um, and I'm. And think about how that brings darkness in a relationship. It's like, you don't really know me. I can't even really communicate with you. Uh, you don't know. It's covered in darkness. It's like, is what I'm saying true or not true? You don't know. Um, you see, darkness is symbolized by hiding what's really there. You're, you're hiding. Impurity. Think about that. Impurity. You know, you don't want to drink, you get water out of the tap. You don't want to drink dark, dark water. You don't want to jump into dark, dark water. I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, darkness is tied in. You know, it's like, man, I don't want to drink that. That's, that's impure. Um, unfruitful rather than fruitful. Nothing grows in the dark. There's not life in the dark that I know of. Um, maybe Darren... Every time I bring up biology, like last week I said, Darren, tell me if I'm wrong, because maybe there's somewhere there is life in the dark, you know, like a lot of it or something. But, you know, as far as I understand it, basically all life is dependent on the sun, you know. And even bats have to come out um, of their caves to eat and uh, eat the bugs and all, all the things that are live out in the light. So here's what I want you to think about in terms of these things. Sin. What is sin? Sin is loving the darkness more than the light. Saying to God, I don't want you to reign over me. And sin is an animal crouching at the door ready to devour you. So let's just apply this here together. I want you to think, when you think about sin in your life, I want you to think about both sides. I want you to think, not only, what am I doing that's wrong? I want you to think, who could... Who did God make me to be that I'm not being? Because it's, it's kind of pushing you from both directions, right? It's, it's like, I don't want to go this way, and I, and I do want to go this way. It's not just, I don't want to go this way. Does that make sense? It's 
pushing you from behind, like, I don't want to go there, but it's pulling you ahead, like, this is who I want to be. Um, sin is, I want to think about both pieces. So if there's any sin in your life, don't just think about loving the darkness, but loving the darkness more than the light. You want to come to the light. Sin is being the person that you don't want to be, rather than being all that you could be, or all that God made you to be. So I'll give you some examples, and I think I've shared these before, so that's so just as good as I can do. I could try to think of, okay, I was talking with Jess. Can you think of examples? Like, let's just think of examples. Can you think of some mom, stay-at-home mom examples, you know? See what we can apply, but... Okay, so let's imagine this. Okay, I'm just going to give you a very specific situation, and let's apply this. You're walking down the aisle at Walmart, and you know what you see on this side? See the magazines, and what are you going to do? See the you're going to are you going to love the darkness more than the light? Are you going to look at what you shouldn't look at? Well, we see that you know in these past in this passage we just looked at in Ephesians five, it says that we're trying to discern what's pleasing to the Lord. So that's the mark we're aiming at. We're trying to please the Lord instead of displease the Lord. Right? Are we going to please the Lord or not please the Lord? Are we going to look at it? Or not. So think about the two options. One is, I'm looking at this thing that I shouldn't look at. Shame, guilt, and you know, just all the unhealthiness and impurity that comes in with that. Okay, but not only that, but think about the person that you could be that God made you to be, that you're missing out on being. Instead of being the person, well, what is that? Well, the person who looks at that, and instead of being tempted to sin, actually loves that person. And prays for them. Man, God, have mercy on this girl. She thinks, surely she thinks that her value comes from her you know, self-image. And look at, she's on this magazine in front of everybody. Have mercy on her. Help, send somebody to tell her that, that you love her and that her value doesn't come from that. That it comes from you. I mean, you th- see the like, vast difference there? The person who's tempted, drawn into sin, or the person that deeply loves that person and prays for them. That's so different. And which person do you want to be? Right? You want to be the person that loves God, that loves that person. The, dis- the distance between them is vast. Which person do you want to be? Well, by the grace of God, He'll help you. Bring it into the light. Ask God for help. He'll cleanse you. Think about an- another example. Being lazy at work, okay? Wasting time, okay? That's loving the darkness. It's like, if my boss boss walked in, it's like, suddenly, you know, it looks like I'm back to work or whatever. Better get back to work. That's darkness, right? It's like, uh, not hiding hiding who you really are. um, Hiding what you're really doing. And then your conscience bothers you. But not only think about that, but think about what you're giving up. Think about the person that God made you to be. The person who goes home and feels good, like, I, I worked hard today. I honored the Lord today. I pleased the Lord. I'm working. I'm trying to help people. I feel good about what I did. Uh, I feel that God would be pleased. A person that the boss gives you the jobs to do that they trust you because they know. Look, this person, they're trustworthy. They're not going to hide anything in the dark. They're going to do a good job. And if anything comes up, they're going to tell me. And I can trust them. 
I don't have to check in and just make sure all the time they're on task. I, I know they're working hard. And that's huge. I want you to notice too, you know, again in these verses, it says unfruitful works of darkness. When we are walking in the light, it really, really matters. There's fruit. You might think, well, just working hard at work, you know, not being lazy at work, does that, you know, how much does that really make a difference? It makes a big difference. That there's really is fruit when we walk in the light. That that's huge. Um, that you don't need, you may never you may never know what that means for people to see you working hard and just honoring the Lord. Um, what else? I mean, maybe covetousness. You know, things are a big deal to you. It's like I want more. I want more. I want more. You know, that's what can. It's walking in the darkness, living in the darkness more than the light. And there's this kind of this mixture of selfishness in that. It's like, it's about me, it's about me. Okay? But what are you, what are you giving up? The person that has an open hand about the things God has given them. It's like, yeah, this is what I've got. I'm thankful for it. But if God wants me to give, I can give. God wants me to give it away, I can give it away. God takes it away, I can still praise Him. That's, a, that's huge. That's huge. It's it's a fruit it's fruitful, right? And in this world and in you know the United States especially, it's like having an open hand about things and money and possessions, not being covetous. That's huge, because that's what people are living for, right? And that's the person you want to be, the person that can give things, the person that can be generous, the person that. Is thankful for what they have, but they're okay if they can't get, you know, a new car this year or whatever. Praise God. That's huge. Okay, let's think about another sin that we don't normally think about. Cowardliness. Think about it. Cowardliness is a sin. And in some ways, it's, it's kind of, if you really think about it, it's somewhat the opposite of lying, right? It's like, well, maybe, not the opposite, but it's, kind of like a different side of it. So like, let's say there's something going on at work. You, you should say something. It's wrong, but you're cowardly. It's like, no, I, 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 I'm too scared to say something. I know I should, but you don't stand up when it's, when it's time to stand up. Or you miss an opportunity to say, you know, this isn't right, you know. That happens regularly, you know. Um, most of the jobs that I've had, Oh, man, maybe all the jobs I should have thought of before. There's always been some opportunity where it's like you can just fudge a little bit here or, you know, we're supposed to do it this way, but nobody does, so we're not going to do it either. It's, there's almost always something like that that I've experienced at my at my jobs. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Well, you could just be like, ah, I, I'm too scared. I don't want to be a sore thumb. You know, I don't want to stick out. But you're keeping things in the dark. It's like, ah, that's not who you want to be. Think about not only is that not good, it's loving the darkness more than the light. Um, God's not pleased with that. It's actually in the list of a lot of sins. It's kind of interesting. We don't think about cowardliness a lot, but it's in the Bible a lot, and it's very talked about seriously. But think not only about that, but about who you could be. Who's the person God made you to be? God made you to be the person that's, that stands up and says, hey, this isn't right, you know, um, I'm not going to do this, you know. I'm not going to photocopy all the textbooks because we don't have enough. Like, 
that's wrong. It's stealing, you know, um, or whatever it is, you know. Uh, I'm not, you know, 21, so I can't stock the bar. It's wrong. Uh, that's that's the law. Um, I am going to claim my tips on taxes because it's the law, you know. I know nobody else does it, but I'm going to do it because it's the right thing to do. It makes a big difference. It matters to God. It really matters to God. And that's the person you want to be, isn't it? You want to be that person that when you go home, you're like, yeah, I did the best I could. I don't like being a sore thumb, but I don't want I don't want to violate my conscience. I want to do what's right. Complaining. Think about, think about complaining. Complaining and grumbling are so easy. It's easy to complain and grumble about what God has given us as if it's not enough or it's not good enough. But think about the person you're missing out. Not just that, but the person that God made you to be, right? Not only doing what you're not supposed to be doing, but God made you to be the person that's grateful. Again, huge testimony in the world. Gratefulness for what God has given. It's like, yeah, this is the job God gave me. This is the life God gave me. This is the situation I'm in. This is the house God gave me. This is, you know, the income God gave me. This, whatever it is. Um, these are the hours God gave me. And maybe one day I'll have an opportunity to change or switch, but right now I'm just thankful where I'm at. I'm thankful for God providing that affects people positively. You know, like it said, unfruitful works of darkness. The opposite is being who God made you to be, serving God, being like God, being with God. Look at verse 9 here in Ephesians 5, if you're still there with me. Verse 9. The fruit, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Walk in the light. Don't be unfruitful. Be fruitful. There's fruit. There's the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. It's contrasting this walk in the light and there's fruit there from walking in the darkness and it's unfruitful. All these little things matter. And it adds up to being the person God made you to be and it's huge. And you have the ability to impact the world in a, in a way that you probably don't even understand. I, we don't even understand. And there's, there's fruit there when you walk in the light. It affects people. It glorifies God. Telling the truth, working hard, not compromising on what is right, loving others, being generous. All these little things have big effects in the world. I mean, this verse right here, verse 9, is promising there's going to be fruit there when you walk in the light. And so, I want to just wrap this up in conclusion. I'm just going to give you, to tie this all up and conclude it, is maybe some reasons that might be coming to your mind, like, no, I'm not going to do that. Are you hiding things in the dark? Why not bring them out into the light? Here's excuse number one. I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to bring them out. It'll be shameful. Well, bring them out then. Bring them out. That'll be shameful. But you know what? Then they'll be covered by the blood of Jesus. And then he'll take away your shame. You could live with like low grade shame for the rest of your life. Or bring it out. Confess it. Give it to God. Be willing even to share it with somebody. 
not saying you have to share with everybody, but somebody. Um, and it can be you can be covered and be delivered. Number two, excuse number two, people will judge me. People are going to judge me if I if I say I did this or that, or I'm struggling with this or that. People are going to judge me. Well, then find somebody else. If find someone you can tell. Find someone else that you feel like you won't. That'll listen. That'll understand. And if you can't find anyone like that, it's better to be judged unfairly by people than to never deal with it and to live in the dark. You know, in 1 Corinthians it talks about, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. I guarantee you, because of that verse, that whatever it is that you're going to bring into the light, not only is it not only is it something that people probably already have heard or experienced, it's common. There's many, many... It says, no temptation has seized you except what's common. These things are across men and women. They come up commonly. So bring it out. Find somebody. It's better to deal with it, even if maybe somebody does judge you, than to live with it your whole life, not bring it into the light. Number three, excuse number three. I want to clean myself up just a little bit first so it's not so bad when I tell somebody. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. The gospel isn't clean yourself up so you can look better and then come to Jesus. The gospel is, I can't clean myself up. I'm helpless. I'm needy. I'm dead in my sins. I'm, I'm a slave in my sins. But Jesus will save me. Jesus will wash me. Jesus will cleanse me. Don't wait and clean yourself up first. You need Jesus now. You know, Jesus didn't come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Here's another one. I don't need to tell anyone but God. I already And I already confessed it to Him. And that's true. Maybe, maybe you don't need to tell anybody. But here's what I think. If you really believe God, Almighty God, you told Him, the person that's most important, the person who made you and loved you and died for you, like, why would, why would you resist telling somebody else? It's like, you already told God, Almighty God. You could tell somebody else and ask for prayer and for help. You know, if there's a real resistance there, I would say, like, whose opinion are you more concerned about? Like, God's or man's? Because if it's man, that's not good, right? God is God. He's the one you're going to stand for, stand before it when you die in judgment, not me or anybody else. God's going to be the one. And if you've already told him, then it's much less weighty to tell me or your parents or somebody else. It's like, we're sinners just like you. <laughs> but God's God. And he doesn't, he's, he has no darkness. He's all light. He's always done good to you. That's much more scary um, to tell him. And if you've already done that, then there wouldn't be like this real, real resistance to bring it out. People won't understand. Maybe that's another excuse. Well, people just won't understand. That's possible. I mean, maybe people won't understand. But what what if they understand even better than you do and they can help you? You're and you're missing out on getting even more more light. 
there's this story from a novel um, from the 1800s where they, I'm not going to explain everything about it, but basically they get in this situation where somebody's, they tell the worst thing they've ever done to this group of people. It's like, I'll tell you the worst thing I ever did. And the guy starts this story, well, the worst thing I ever did, it was really bad. And he goes into how he was at this somebody's house and he stole some money. Um, he saw it on the counter and he just grabbed it and put it in his pocket and he felt so ashamed. Like, why did I do that? I don't even need the money. Uh, that was so selfish. It was so wrong. And then, you know, he says, and then they're questioning the servants and and then the next day he hears that one of the servants got fired over it. And they say to the guy, well, did you go back and confess? And he says, no way. I wouldn't go back the next day and tell him what I did. And so it comes out basically like as he's saying the worst thing he ever did, he, it's kind of being revealed like that's not the worst thing you ever did. Like stealing the money wasn't really that bad compared to letting the lady get lose her job um, and not confessing it. Like that was actually worse. And that might happen to you. I mean, I mean, in bringing something to the light, it may be helpful to you. It might be like, wow, I thought this was my sin. And they're like, yeah, but you realize what that says about this? It's like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. You might get real help, right? Maybe people won't understand, but maybe people understand even better than you do. Maybe your parents actually understand better than you do. And they can tell you, yeah, exactly the same. I did the exactly the same thing when I was your age. And here's how it turned out, and here's what I did. And uh, here's what I wish I would have done. Here's what God wants me to do. And here's what God wants you to do. If you've got any sin, Christ wants to hear about it. He wants to take them. He wants to change you. He wants you in the light. He's like, come on, come in, come to the light. I'll wash you. I'll bring you into the light. I'll change your heart. Walk with me in the light. It's better. <laughs> have fellowship with God. Have fellowship with others. Be able to actually be honest about where you're at with people. Give up whatever it is in the darkness and come to the light. Don't give up an opportunity to be like God, to serve God, to be with God, and choose to, instead to sin. Don't walk in the dark. Come to light and be forgiven. Don't stay in the dark. Come to light and be changed. Don't trade all that God made you to be and a, to be a person you don't even want to be anyways, right? If, you, if this is the person you wanted to be, would you be hiding in the dark? Or would you come out and say, like, look, this is the person I am. You already know it's not the person you want to be. That's why you're hiding in the dark. <laughs> come into the light. Be changed. Be different. Talk to somebody. Definitely talk to God. Jesus is there. It's not, you know, this whole thing has been about sin. What is sin? Loving the darkness more than the light. you got to see both pieces. Don't just get stuck in like, oh, I'm in the dark, I'm in the dark. I shouldn't be doing this. Think about, yeah, but what would it be like to be in the light? What would it be like to be different? What would it be like to be totally washed, totally changed, totally able to even talk about it and share with people? It's huge. Let's ask God just bring things to our mind and also to help us to be the people he wants us to be every day. What a huge deal that would be just to be say, I'm walking in the light. I mess up, but I can be honest. I can tell you. I can tell you, hey, look, this is where I'm messing up. This is what I'm struggling with. Um, and just to be the people God wants us to be. Uh, be the people we want to be, not somebody that has to hide in the dark. So that's just kind of a, 
the first one. We'll go over the verses for the next two, um, next couple weeks. Let's just pray and let's just thank God for Jesus here. What a, what a wonderful thing that we can even come to the light at all. Lord, we just come to you and we thank you. Thank you that we're able to come to light because of you uh, inviting us and your blood washing us. Thank you so much. You could have just left us in the dark forever, and you didn't, and you came to invite us in. And I just pray, please help us. I pray you'd help us just as we walk through our day to just think about the life that you've given us, the purpose you've given us, and we don't want to give it up for some sin. Um, we want to we want to walk in the path you've shown us. We need help in it. I pray you, if there's maybe even just one person that you'd be that needs to bring something out to somebody, would you just impress it on their heart and give them courage to do it and uh, grace to that person and just wash them and clean them and change them by your blood, forgive them. Please, Lord, help. I think about uh, us as parents with our kids. Lord, would you please help us each day and so many things going on in terms of just dealing with sins and attitudes and different things like that. I pray you'd help us to be like you as we do it and be patient and kind and loving and gracious and truthful. And We need help. We want to point our kids to you. Would you help us every day? We want to walk in the light, Lord. Help us. We just we do praise you again for your death and for your blood and all that it costs. Amen.